0: Welcome back to the Two Black Runners podcast presented by The Runner Report. And we have a really special one for you guys. Like honestly, this may be one of the biggest podcasts that we ever did. Cause actually, I feel like every single podcast we do means something and it's bigger than ourselves. But here today is really something that me that's really bigger than ourselves in every which way possible last week we had a throwback episode and this week we're as current as possible and just the things that are going not just around in our country but in the track and field world and how things in our country is affecting everything it's gonna be a really interesting conversation but before we get there i have to introduce the brother from the same mother aaron
1: potts super hot potts aaron how's everything going bro bro it's it's good it's great man as you said like we have a lot going on and i'm just thankful for the opportunities that we keep getting to talk to these amazing people absolutely and i think yeah the guests that we have on this week like you said this might be one of our biggest episodes so you know like i always say you know get your popcorn ready like we got we got a we got a big one today
0: Yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Let's get into this. We have three Oregon Track Club All-Stars here. We got runners, US runners, All-Stars in the building. And really at the beginning of 2020, when we've seen the NBA close, the NHL get postponed, and MLB being talks of their season getting started, and then couple that into running world with the London Marathon postponing, and then with the NCAA closing out the outdoor season and stopping indoor season, season the real thoughts that started creeping on the running world especially in the college world was the fact of just like is there going to be cuts of track of track programs and college programs those were thoughts that creeped up in people's heads and assumptions were being made and we've seen that come into life over these past couple months and it's been extremely unfortunate extremely devastating and we have three like I said three all-stars from the Oregon Track Club all went to the University of Minnesota whose track program was recently just cut and we really just want to get into why that happened why they feel like that happened and just everything on top of that with the cherry on top and so let's just have we got Abda Bing Blankenship and Hassan Mead. Let's just go around real quick, say your name and just your event of specialty and just for everybody can get to know like your, your sounds and your voices as we get into this podcast.
2: Uh, I'm gonna go first. Uh, my name is Hassan Mead. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a distance specialist, uh, 5K, 10K, uh, sometimes even a 3000 meter. Hi, my
3: name is Haroon, uh formerly golfer. Uh, I specialized in 600, 400, 800 when I was in college, but now just 800 liter.
4: Ben Blingenship here, mile. Hopefully 5K, <laughs> soon to be 10K. I'll see what the future lies
0: and it's really great to really have all of you guys here right now and especially in a time like this to take out of your time because I feel like you guys are doing a lot right now to try and keep like that gopher track and field afloat for the men's program but before we get more into that like well let's just talk about life right now and just what's been going on in Minnesota for the past six months and how does it feel to just be someone that went to high school in Minnesota and everything like that and if Aaron, if you want to go like a little bit just deeper on just what's been going on in the past six months in, in Minnesota.
1: Yeah. And like, as we know, yeah, Minnesota, um, you know, was the beginning of really what what uh, sparked, you know, unrest in the country. And one of the big reasons we wanted to bring you guys on, because like not only did you guys go to the University of Minnesota, you guys are actually like from Minnesota. You guys went to high school there. And we've talked to we've talked to Obasa when he was at Sunset Tours, talking about how he just saw you know everything unfold in front of him being out there in Minnesota. But we wanted to ask you guys, how does it feel to be someone that is from Mid Minnesota right now? How how does that how did that like affect your mental with just everything that's going on?
2: Oh man, like you were saying, you know, touching on the last six months, oh, man. The beginning of the riot you know the murder of uh you know i'm talking about that took place that's nearby my place so the whole you know what kicked off this whole uh the movement of un, you know that's been taking place throughout the states when people want to talk about where it was you know the spark that's minneapolis so uh coming from that neighborhood coming from that city being associated with that for so long family the first thing that came to my mind was you know just making sure that people back home that you care about was all right was, you know that that nothing was um, Nothing was done. So most definitely, the most uh, concern to me was was the was the, uh, the health of family and friends and, and community. So that was the first thing I checked on when everything kicked off.
0: Then how was it for you, Haroon, dealing with everything uh, for the past six months, especially being someone that's a Minnesota native?
3: Uh, honestly, at first, I was, like, super shocked. Uh, maybe I was just, like, a little bit um, naive at first. I didn't know, like, Minnesota has that social discrimination, all that kind of stuff. Uh, maybe it just, I was in the city most of the time, it's super like uh diverse and like, you know, like you don't want something bad to happen in your city. So it's like, kind of embarrassing at first, but in a way it's like, it's changing a lot of stuff. So I'm glad it happened. I mean, it's not like I'm glad it happened, but like it's making some changes. So uh, at least uh, it's eye-opening
4: for a lot of people. So.
0: And then for you, Ben, was there like the same type of shock that Harun experienced as well when you first everything happened?
4: Yeah, you know, I'm a guy who was born and raised in Minnesota, um, in a small town outside of the cities, and I, I think it was an opportunity to kind of reexamine my, my past in Minnesota and how how I was raised and the culture that I was surrounded by. You know, I look back and I and I think you know Hassan and I kind of came through the same system we were in high school together through college together and i i i would say that naively i would i'd look back and say we'd have similar experiences and then reading that runner world article with Hassan and then just thinking about little things that happened over the course of our 5 years at minnesota together our experience was 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 different our experience and our interaction inside Minneapolis and inside the school and inside classrooms mm. were so different. And it never occurred, occurred to me to examine that as a byproduct of where we both came from and, and the way we look. And I, and I think that that was really disheartening to see, especially for a city that I thought was pretty progressive. But just kind of reexamining and looking back through those things I think there was always little evidence that it was there. And I think we just, I probably just brushed it off as, you know, this is
2: kind of the way it is, sadly. Well, it was one of those things that, Ben, like, unless we interacted or, like, unless, like, it bothered someone that you knew. Unless it was, it was one of those things that, like, it's there. I I put it this way. When you want to buy a vehicle and you start looking at that car, like, all of a sudden you see that shit everywhere, right? It, it, not to, like, to simplify yeah. that, but it's almost like... If yeah. it's not consciously there, you don't really notice it. But once you notice it once, then you start to see those behavior it's behavior. So, I think a lot of people are were experiencing that of like, oh, I didn't know it happened, and but I'm so close to me, and I'm like, I think that just because no one really, it never really got triggered, you know, consciously, like, oh, you know, it's going around. So, um,
1: yeah, I think that a lot of people are like, um, that's what a lot of people are like, very like are being like awoken almost are, yeah. are, because like they're finally, they, they finally are, like seeing it and now it just keeps popping up and they're like, I didn't realize, you know,
2: yeah.
1: it was, it was happening like this often. And even I would say for people of color, they start to even, you know, look back on the stuff that's happened to them throughout their life. Yeah. And it's shocking too.
3: Yeah. Like, there are some comments that you would never even think is racist at first, like because you just think you're just leaving your yeah. own life, personal life. Somebody will say something you might not even think like it's racist or right? anything because you were not expecting it, but now it's like eye opening. It's like, oh, he meant this way, like you know, but not in a negative way, but like a, he was saying, literally, once you experience it, you notice it more. And uh, that's happening, like, that goes with. As a black person, like noticing more, and also like as a, uh, as a white or like any other ethnicity, to notice it because you put that light on what's going on, so everybody can kind of like, get. What, yeah.
0: what I really found interesting about this whole situation especially with the killing of George Floyd in Minnesota is that when this happened and seeing the protests and then even the, the riots that were happening not mean just all over the country but especially in Minnesota like my, I, my eyes were glued to CN, CNN or MNN, or NBC or any of any other of the news channels seeing what's going on for like a good 13 days after that or even just like a month just how was that for you guys dealing with that then having like a couple weeks later or two months later you guys are racing at like the bigger friendlies and then going to competition like how was the training at that time was there times of like you guys didn't want to train as much or what was it just like going out train every single day when there's so much when minnesota minneapolis was the epicenter of civil unrest in the u.s if we want if Hassan wants to start off with that one
2: man i was uh i was in flagstaff and i go up there you usually right about before the season kicks off to train so i was up in flagstaff and i was kind of away from everybody uh in eugene but man i i really avoid watching tv um especially those major uh you know net uh, networks whether like you were saying cnn nbc any of those because um it you know sometimes it's when you get the same uh message or like a, you know a message you don't know if you're getting the full um facts it can really, really, you know, impact you on both on which way, uh, depends on which way the message is being delivered. So, Mm -hmm. um, for me, man, I just just trying to avoid that. I really trying, I didn't watch much of that, trying to stay away from that. Uh, In terms of training-wise, man, it's, it's, you know, training is my job uh, at the end of the day. So, um, knowing that, you know, my loved ones were all right and and that this, you know, the community was being affected in, in a great way, but you know, it was like, it was just one of those situations that, like, there, it was out of your control, so you couldn't do a whole lot of, uh, you know, uh, facts on variation things, what, where I was to, uh, the magnitude of what was going on and all that. So uh, I just knew my time would come in where I have to, like, do my, you know, my two cents as a part of the community, um, whatever that might be, whether, you know, saying my side of the story, speaking about, you know, what my community is and how to represent. but. Um, it was just kind of like, you know, be, be patient and really stay out of the, that, that spotlight or stay out of those, you know, getting fed with too much of the, uh, you know, the networks side of the story. So, um, I just, I try to keep my head down and just be, be very selective of what I was intaking in terms of information-wise.
0: And then for Ben, was it, was it about the same for you? Were you concentrated? Were you, how distracted were you at that time when that and mm-hmm. civil unrest was in Minneapolis?
4: Yeah, I, I no. oh, oh, sorry, we're not having this once in a while. Oh. Um, I heard yeah, exactly. the dog speak, man. Um, oh. I think it was an opportunity to kind of re-examine what I can do for my community and how I can give back. Um, I, I, I don't know if it was so much a distraction as it was this opportunity to kind of reflect and say, Track and field has exposed me, exposed me to so many different opportunities and so many different cultures. And I've, I've gone to more places than I ever would have imagined. Yeah. Man, and I'm I sure think just being exposed to that and it all came from track and field, it really made me want to try to give back and give, give the same opportunities to the kids that, you know, are in the similar position as me. And I think. Having these opportunities in track and field means a lot. And I think it opens kids' eyes to different possibilities, different cultures, and, and the world around us. I think the more we can do that, the better. So I think while that all was happening, it was like, okay, little gears were going on. It's like, okay, what can I do to you know, support support the community that I came from and you know, prop up the kids that maybe won't have opportunities to you know, run professionally, but they can get the most out of themselves at a high school level. And then hopefully that leads to an opportunity where they are exposed to different environments, you know, different cultures.
0: Mm -hmm. And then also lastly, Haroon, like you said, it was shocking for you when you first saw like, you didn't expect that to be happening in Minnesota. So how was this just dealing with everything at that time with your training when it all happened?
3: Yeah, that was really, like I said, I was really shocked, but uh... Our job, like when it comes to track athletes, you gotta balance everything. Like, you know, you could could be on top of your game and you go out there and compete, then you can't just let that like break you down because at the end of the day, you gotta say, I will try to know how I'm gonna keep working on this. So when that happened, of course I was shocked and it kind of impacts my training and everything that I do. Like just there's no energy. Then uh, I told myself, I was like, how could I like impact? Like, how can I instead of like just staying in one spot and like, be not getting motivated to do something in my power? What, what can I do? You know, like, I would, instead of just sitting watching TV and like watching what's unfolding, then how can I? What can I do? Like, um, it, it could be just me posting it, like how I felt about it, and or like uh, talking to someone. Who, like the same like experience, they might not be shot and dead, or like they had what like, happened to them. So they just trying to, like, how could you impact like what happened? How could you impact other people by helping them, like, assisting them, or, uh, instead of just being shot and staying in one spot? So uh, definitely, it impacted me like no
0: motivation to train, but at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. And speaking of like that, that impact, I feel like you guys have to be feeling that exact same way when you got the news out of nowhere that the Minnesota men's track and field program and the two other programs were going to be like cut. So uh, if we want to start off with Ben, just how was what was that first initial feeling when you, you heard that? That hurt the news. That really shocked, I feel like, everybody. But I bet it was definitely different for you guys.
4: I, I'd like to say that I was just blown away by it. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't that shocked. Um, I felt like if if it was going to happen, I feel like Minnesota was maybe excited to do it. I, I, I don't know why. I, I always had a different feeling when I was at the U where – and maybe i look at it at a different perspective but i always thought that when i was there they were they wanted me to feel like i was grateful <laughs> to be at the u to be wearing the jersey and i was excited to represent mm-hmm. my community re- represent the guys but being at the university of minnesota was it was where I wanted to be because of the people that were there. It wasn't because, you know, it was in Minneapolis or that, you know, the school was great. I could care less about that. You know, I didn't necessarily go to school to get a degree. I went to school to run. Uh, yeah. So I always kind of had that impression that like the administration, not, not the coaches, but the ministrations at the top, I always felt like they, they always wanted us to feel grateful that they gave us the opportunity and never the other way around. We'd come back from these Big Ten championships where we dominated, and they'd be like, oh, okay. And it's like we've won more than anybody else has in the history of the program, and that's it. Come on now.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I'm
4: a little, you know.
1: (laughs) I know, and that's funny you say that, though, because, like, that – mentality or that thinking like I know other college athletes that would say that about uh, the programs that they're in they just kind of feel like it's not really for them but do you feel like um COVID was used as a scapegoat to
4: I I don't know if I want to go that far I don't want to like start throwing throwing info that I have no idea about I I just felt like my experience there was that, like, the sports, let's say football, basketball, and hockey were prioritized. And I think you could see that every day of the week. And I think track and field, swimming, gymnastics, tennis, it was kind of like, okay, you guys are kind of here because, you know, you guys have to be here. And I, and I, and I think if you look at modern day track and field, the NCAA has been the stepping stone of all great you know American Olympians let's say
0: most you know, definitely very few yeah. don't
4: go through the NCAA system so you're really having this opportunity to make athletes into a better into a better athlete coming out of college and I feel like the you were you just never felt that way it was never like oh we're, you know you could go on it was like man eh, okay you're here do well and you know don't cause too much issue I don't know. Hassan, what do you think? I'm going to stop talking.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
2: What's the question?
0: (laughs) Well, specifically, Hassan, I want to ask you, because when this first happened, uh, you posted on Instagram. You had like you quoted basically a tweet from Vin Lana, who's the director of athletics at Virginia, and his kind of tweet read off that it's tone. Tone Deaf is the elimination of a track and field program at the flagship university in the city that has been the center of social injustice. Track and field is one of the sports that provides access to students of color. College track and field provides access to education for thousands of students of color every year. As these programs are eliminated, what happens to these student athletes and their coaches? And he ended off by saying, speak up with an exclamation mark. But you, like, quote tweeted that in your Instagram post when you first, like, heard this news. Just what what brought you to that post? Like, and just talk about, like... uh, Talk about how how you felt and how that made you. What what made you want to use that post to, prevent, to convey your message about the whole situation?
2: I wanted to say so much more and with like so much more emotion and so much more vulgar, but I felt like what first of all anybody knows Ben. Ben is the man got a PhD on Go. comes to the sports of track and field because. He has brought so much success and so much knowledge to the sports and track and field. So when I sat with that, Vin was, his, you know, he, he said he used to, he probably articulated the best mm-hmm. way on what everything I was feeling in terms of, you know, um, for people that were, if you were to hypothetically look at people in a higher position, if, if, if you were to look at it in a political boy, point of view, because, what I wanted to say was a lot more different than that. I was mad, angry, disappointed, it's a whole lot different. So uh, when I saw that, I, I was the perfect uh, message of how I felt in the sense that the few words that, that Vin uses, tone deaf, you know, that's that's in the, in the in, you know, tone deaf of the sport, like eliminating the sports is pretty much like you absolutely have Zero interest because if you did not turn away, if you had any interest of saving this sports, if you had any interest of keeping this program and what it stands for, the University of Minnesota would have reached out to the athletic department, uh, the the community, the the, the all of the the donors that we have that we have poured down uh, countless money into the uh, athletic department. So when he says tone deaf, that. Just for me, that was just like he just hit it right on the top, saying that they they decided to avoid any other um, solution of solving this issue. And they have made their decision by not telling anyone. And what they wanted to do was absolutely get rid of this once for all and not give anyone else a chance to fight them or, you know, prevent them doing that. So, yeah, tone deaf was perfect way for me to start that so when i quote event absolutely it, it hit the pinnacle of the um uh, what i wanted to say and, and knowing you know knowing vin and knowing the sports and the, the background he has mm-hmm. um when someone like that says something about that that, shit, that 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 echoes and and um yeah it was uh and so for me and i've been holding off on what i wanted to say because you know i would that was probably like good four or five days and I just wanted to let us sink in what was really happening, let my emotions and absorb what was going on. I think I talked to Ben quite a bit. Haroon was in a big old group tech we were in. And I, when I first got the message, I was like, man, that's not real. That just, that's maybe something they want to do. And then it turns out the university released their statement and it was just like done and deal pretty much um, on their side. So um, that, for me, using Ben's words were, uh, was, was a perfect of how I want to express myself.
1: And yeah, like you said, uh, Vinata is a is a goat. Everybody knows from his time at Oregon, all the things he's done for college or for USA track and field, just in oh, general. Yeah, yeah. Like he's always been there. So to just hear him really like speak out on something like this, it's yeah, like you said, it echoes. And it's just, just like anyone that's really into NCAA track and field knows, you know, Minnesota y'all have produced like. All three of y'all on this call, plus Obasa, plus many more. Um, one of yeah. the Health Heath brothers or whatever, what's his name? Two went
2: there? No. Nah, well, they, they, they're from the state of Minnesota. Gary and Elliot both from the state of Minnesota, but they, they went to Stanford. But, yeah, they're so, from the state of Minnesota. So,
1: it's like Minnesota, they have high school athletes, and then they have this great college you can go to yeah. and compete. And we wanted to ask you, Haroon, too, because – you came out with your open letter that went really big and you, where you were really vulnerable and just spoke about your time there and how important it was for you to be that first person um, to receive a degree in your family. Can you talk a little bit more about that open letter and, like, and what inspired inspired you to just write that raw message?
3: Yeah. I mean, I, like like Hassan said at first, I was like trying to process it. I was like, I, you know, I couldn't believe it happened because – the University of Minnesota is like is a D1 school that, like, only in the state has the track and field as in the So, coming, like, them cutting the like, the, the mess track and field, it kind of gave me perspective of, like, these people can do whatever they want kind of stuff. Mm. And, like, this could happen to any other sport. And also, what Ben was saying, the department never, like, treated track and field as in, like, like You could go to NCS and come back and you'll get maybe like I don't know a, a jacket. <laughs> but uh, you see the football team they go to like this shitty ball then all of a sudden they're getting like a 56 inch TV. It's like it's just yeah. the coaches always cha- like cared about them. The athlete but the department always rub you up. I mean yeah of course we're not bringing a lot of money. Uh, like it's not Revenue sport, but also the department, uh, the athletic department, just making a rather r- irresponsible decision for a while. Like, if you think about it, like the track they just built cost 13 million dollars, you know, and that it, they just built it. Like, just to say after they build it, they don't want to get rid of the track team, like, that just doesn't make sense. Second, they spend 160 million on an athletic village that just got done like two or three years ago you told me you have all this money that you spend but you can't have money one one to two or three million from and field and it just comes down to is it really like they didn't think about anything when they made like we didn't hear anything about it until so it just happened um, when I do like wrote that letter, it's, it's not the team who's getting impacted right now. It's about like all my fans, like I mean Ben Hassan, I would have met this guy if it wasn't for track. I would not be like I would not be where I am or but if it wasn't for track. Like it just gave me perspective. They they're not just getting rid of this track They're literally like destroying the whole generation like that. It was like for like for black like for me, I I wasn't even thinking, I was struggling to go high school, you know. Mm. But track and field gave me opportunity to be who I am, and just seeing that now it's like they're taking away from all everyone, asked, like, uh, "Who's gonna come and do the same thing?" It hit me hard, and that's why I kind of like just sit down and wrote do that better. Um, the decision they made honestly is not totally doubtful that's why it hurts you know like they did not go out and ask for assistance or anything
0: yeah yeah that's insane 15 million for a new track literally only you guys only the men's and women's track and field team is competing on that that's completely just crazy and I think another good point that you guys just made was the fact that Minnesota is the only D1 Dragon Field program in in the state and when I first heard this news my thought was the fact like I can't name another I'm, I'm from I'm just a kid from Southern California I can't name another college in the state of Minnesota that's the only college that I know and if I was a Minnesota native, like growing up there, Minnesota for me would be like USC. I'm from Southern California. The dream would always be not I even mean, just to compete at USC and be a competitor there, but to like to go to school there. That's where everyone, everyone's a Trojan here or you're brewing in Southern California. That's where just kinda that's where you kind of just lean to. So I kinda wanna ask Ben, just how was it growing up in Minnesota and just the perception? of the college was it like that mentality of just like i want to i want to be at minnesota and then to, to have these opportunities taken away from so many student athletes just how is how is all of that just processing all of that I,
4: you know i i think you kind of look, look at it as an athlete I, I i looked up to a guy like steve pacentia right he was a minnesota guy pretty good coming out of high school went to the university of minnesota did some good things, and then kind of launched into this post-professional career where we made two Olympic teams and was a great, you know, international success. And I and I and I and I could mm-hmm. I could relate to that, and I could see myself in it, right? And I think you could name so many guys, a guy like Andrew Carlson, a guy like Mike Turchia,
2: um, Justin. Yeah. Brun- yeah. No, so- I'd
4: jump in there. <laughs>
2: Dr. <laughs> Torch. No, 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 keep going. That's um, some good names. You could yeah. name
4: a lot. Antonio Vega. Um, guys that kind of yeah. came through the state and were just tough runners, you know. Um and that's really why I was kind of drawn to the school and I think I think you could you could go through the, you know, the small towns and be like, "Hey, you know, who's who's a runner that you look up to?" And, and a lot of athletes would say Hassan, you know. They would say, "Man, this guy came out of high school Won some, you know, state titles. Went to Minnesota, dominated, and then went on to make, you know, an Olympic team. And I, and I think that story resonates with a lot of kids. So to lose that, man, if I was Wisconsin, I'd be happier than hell. I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna take all these tough kids from Minnesota, and we're gonna, you know, rein in on Big Ten.
2: <laughs> There's a lot of kids that can relate to all, all of our three stories, and um, the the power of that it's it's being underestimated in the sense of that um over a, over a something that could be solved you know
3: like you were saying like minnesota is all we have like it's a d1 school right and um i would have gone to different states take more money or like get a full ride the university of minnesota only gets 12 uh, full scholarships, so they use that money to like get everyone
2: understand? yeah interstate Everybody kids yeah they mm.
3: like divide that money for everyone in the team. And uh, so in most of at schools, like Minnesota is not one of those school who's going to go out and get this kid from Southern California or like yeah. I don't know like North Carolina because we don't have that kind of money. And a lot of kids who I went to school with, They're from, like, Minnesota or, like, maybe we get some people from Iowa or, like, Wisconsin. So this is not only impacting just, like, a runner. I mean, yeah, it's impacting runners, but it's, like, impacting the whole community. And uh, you have that attachment to University of Minnesota. That's why you want to go there. And that's why you want to represent them. Now, when you don't have a team, then you just, like, okay, what's my next option? Go to Iowa or, like? Mm-hmm. Just cause, like, there is some letter that someone wrote. Like, even after you graduate from there, it doesn't matter if you're in the track and field community or not. You somehow trying to like help the school. There's this guy who was talking. He used to work for Coca-Cola, and he was he got the Minnesota. Like, he helped Minnesota to get the deal with like Coca-Cola. Like, that's just not impacting the track team, but he's impact. Like, he's helping the whole university. Uh, so then he's like trying to uh, help the University of Minnesota get that, like, the deal. Um, so when you take that track out, it's not only impacting the University of Minnesota track, it's really impacting the university, the community, and the like, future generation. So it's not, that's why I keep saying it's not like that
1: full uh, decision. And yeah, and that's why, too, I would, say, I would say. like The reason that they're using it just uh, to me, it just a uh, focus. And and that's why I would say go back to uh, what Hassan was saying earlier about it being tone deaf in a community that has been just so, so affected by, you know, something already earlier this year to go ahead and just, you know, take away the track team without even, like, you know, they just kind of made it so, like, no one could say nothing. They're like, hey, this is just over. We're taking – we're just going to end it, and you can't say or do anything about it. And what I wanted to ask you guys, too, is, like, we see now, like, people are marching at the school. Like, the, the athletes are out there marching for their sports, and that's amazing. I wanted to ask, like, how did this experience – did it bring you guys back closer together at all? You guys mentioning, like, you were in a group text when things happened in, but – yeah. Being like you guys are all in Oregon, you could just, that's crazy. You guys could all really just relate and talk about this. How, how has that been?
2: No, this, uh, this, this was one of those, um, this was such a big, this was so big that, you know, I think I've been talking to people that haven't talked to for like a good six years. Um, I mean, not, not to say because not that, I, I care more or less them, but it's just the idea that, like, we had a common ground and that was we understood the value of this program. We understood, uh, you know, there's certain things that being fight that's being worth being fight for. And this was one of them. So, man, everybody was coming out of whatever they were uh, in, you know, in the country, out of the country um, from anybody who's from 21 to we had I think we had like 70 some year old uh, gentlemen's uh, men and women's former alumni that were on a zoom call and like they're trying to figure out how to operate zoom call so um, that was that was the effort that was being put in into this program or into this uh, to this uh, uh, effort of saving a program in this fight that we're trying to put up so uh, it definitely reunited the community it, it, and you uh, the university about to get a taste of of, of uh, how United not only the the track and field, but I think the whole as of a student athlete. We're talking, you know, it don't matter whether it's basketball, football, tennis, gymnastics, you name it. Um, because what they did the university and very few people in the university is that they really messed with something that they didn't quite understand the magnitude it had on on, on the rest of the student body and student athletes. So yeah. even even uh staff. So you had coaches. Assistance, medicals, people that were uh, marching with students because that's how they, you know, how they felt about what was being taken place was that this was, you know, the universe, few people at a high position at the university decided to cut, chop the lakes off of a program that was extremely important to the community. So, um, man, yeah, we, we had, everybody was coming back from everywhere. You were alive, you were coming right back.
1: <laughs> no, that's awesome too that, like, it's bigger than just the track team like yeah. it's the whole student body all the student athletes are like no you can't you can't just you can't just do that to us no. and just take that take that away um how has that been for for you too as well ben
4: yeah i you know it's mended some bridges that i didn't think were going to be mended um uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's been really good just to catch up with people. Um, I, I think being out here, you're, you're a little away from the environment. So it's a little hard to feel, you know, if momentum is building in uh, saying that, I mean, all the group threads and email chains, and I think seeing photos of the March, as you mentioned, seems super positive positive. Um, and not only just positive for our team, but positive for the sport of track and field that there's, overwhelming support from so many different communities all coming together to support you know the cutting of minnesota track and field so i think in that way it's been been really positive
3: yeah i think also it shows like what happened in Minneapolis before uh, it shows how the, the impact that like people when they come together in like a i guess fight towards one goal and there is a result that some result will come so i think that happening and also teach people. So like, okay, if you could go out and protest and they, like you would get something out of it. And also, like, there's a football players, basketball players who was there and saying like, oh, this happened. They never thought this would happen for, to track or any other sport. Now it could happen to them too one day. Even if we lose this fight, at least at the end of the day, like your kids, like, I don't know if you ever gonna have a kids in the future, your kids gonna ask you like, what happened? What do you went to in school? I was in Minnesota, that when they don't have a team anymore. Like what happened? And I'll tell you, like, and I'll have to talk about like, what did I do personally to stop to stop it? So like, what am I asking? What did you do when that happened?
0: To speak on your spon- on that point, like, I feel like in the past six months, uh, the country like for sure seeing a lot of people going out and protest and stand together united like people have grown stronger for sure and like people are like when something bad happens people are going to stand up like they're not just going to sit around and just be punked and especially in in like minneapolis and somewhere like minnesota the things that have been happening over there for the past six months those student athletes they have grown so much and these and face so much adversities and then they definitely have grown stronger and they're not going to back down. And I kind of just want Ben for you to like explain a little bit of those values that Hassan was explaining of just why people come back to Minnesota. Cause earlier in the pod, you're talking about how like you guys were just You guys, you kind of like grassroots when you race like school like Wisconsin. Wisconsin's kind of be kind of happy now that they don't have to race you guys. Just talk about the value, the values, the core values of like a Minnesota runner and a athlete at Minnesota.
4: You know, I, 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 there's a quote, and I don't know who said it. Minnesota does a lot with nothing, and I, and I think that could not be any more true. We, we had a track that was not that great. Um, and we dealt with a lot of cold, a lot that of snow, <laughs> And we we prevailed. We we ran fast and we dealt with a lot of different situations that were handed to us. And I and I don't I don't remember very many days coming in from like a hard tempo run from the river road where it was cold and snowy and icy that anybody complained. Everybody was just excited to get the work done and excited to better themselves. And that was one of the things that really drew me to the program in the beginning was that maybe we're not the best runners out of high school like Hassan, but we can come together. (laughs) 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 But we can come together and do something special. I think everybody really wanted to work hard and kind of, you know, be able to build off of that, and that was something I was kind of proud to be part of.
0: And then for you, a song like Ben was saying, you're a beast in high school. You're you're getting it done. Like, what drew you to the school of Minnesota? What drew you there? Like, was what were those core values that drew you to be an athlete
2: there? First of all, don't let him fool you. He got more state titles and records than I do. So he 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 keep throwing in my name a bit so I can talk about his accolades. So, uh, don't let Ben fool you. Um, but man like you were you know when you going to college and uh I, I looked at a few schools and minnesota was in my top three top five schools but i'm gonna tell you man for like two three months prior to selecting i was gonna go to college university of minnesota was not one of them because first of all i wasn't trying to run no 10 degree weather i was trying to go back to the west coast i was trying to get out of there. i couldn't wait to graduate high school and but you mature and you like ben said earlier in the in the, in the podcast, he said he didn't come there to the university because the university had like X more amount of, of the, you know, degrees or whatever. He came there because he liked the people that he was going to be teammates with who he's going to run with. hundred percent for me, that was that was one of the reasons Coach, Coach Placentia and uh, Phil and Dean at that point that were uh, the head coaches uh, at the university. That was some of the things that I looked at was like, one, my coach, do I get along with the coach? Do I, do I want to see myself in this program? Do I see myself giving 100%? And it was going to be a five-year relationship. Do I see that myself? And Ben and I were in high school together. We were the same class. And I remember the coach was recruiting both of us to come in the same time. And even we, you know, we interacted a lot at the state champ. So. For me, it, I came in because of the, the guys that were coming in that year. The guys that were there, Michael Tortia, he mentioned he was a year ahead of us. He was a stud. Chris Rombo just won the Big Ten. So, and I lived so close to the university. I used to able, was able to walk and watch a lot of the indoor meets and get to interact and get to know the guys. So, I definitely went over there for the for the uh, the love that was shown me. The community they stuck together. It was it was always. First, against everybody else, so I knew that when I came in here, I was gonna be a you know a small finger among a giant fist. So, um, it was definitely we had a common ground. And Ben will tell you, Haru will tell you, no matter where we won, where we went, where the competition was, we always represent and had each other's back. So, um, and that's what you're gonna hear a lot about the community of Minnesota is that we stick up for each other, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. for, no matter how big time you are how small you are and what you see right now is a very great example of that community coming together for the great cause of protecting something that they value so much uh,
0: that's great to hear that's, that's really great to hear it makes me kind of want to run a 10 degree weather a little bit but <laughs> no, just no. just like a tiny 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 little bit but right. then <laughs> also Haroon though just t- speak about that culture a little bit like you talked about in your open letter like you weren't sure that there was a really big opportunity for you to go to Minnesota like talk about how that in culture embraced you and how did you like your time spending spent at Minnesota
3: yeah I mean honestly like I'm not from like that parent that will, like makes a lot of money or anything like you know I never thought I even go to University of Minnesota but um and even to start, when I start running, even I wasn't like trying to be like track athlete. I start running and I start my year high school, just want to hang out with my friend. He, he's in track team, then I was like, I'll do track just to hang out with him. And uh, figured out I'm good at it. And even during that time, I never thought I would be going to Minnesota or any other school. Um, my plan is just, I don't know, graduate from high school, maybe go to some community college and get years degree and start working you know but the team is like you could see that like the the connection that they have with each other like as in like like a brotherhood kind of thing so that's why I decided to go to Minnesota and that's why I want to I want to stay close to my family and also like I rather represent my state over anything there's a lot of Wacom on the student like athlete who from Minnesota just want to be on the team and became really tough um athletes so it just sh- seen that wanna like want me to go to minnesota even want to me to go to university like and uh just take that opportunity so i think uh what we had as a teammate like i mean like these guys like we go way back, so, and fall like they started in high school and i heard about them before when i was running then uh and when I went to visit, hang out with them, like all of a sudden I was like, I oh, want, this is what I want to be. And, uh, what's funny is like the whole time I there, I never competed at University of Minnesota outdoor track because we never had outdoor track. And, uh, so like done, that's what I'm saying. Like we don't have a fancy stuff to attract like top athletes just because what the coaches have done and what, how the team is, people wants to go to
1: Minnesota. And, and also, I was going to say, like, what I think is really special about University of Minnesota is how you guys were saying you mostly, you know, you recruit in state. I mean, you might not have as many scholarships as that big school. So it, like, uh, creates, you know, such a strong culture. Everyone has a chip on their shoulder. Everyone's, everyone's tough. And like you said, we're seeing it right now. You guys got people out marching in the streets further sports um but another thing we want to talk about is what are some things that everyone listening to this right now like what can we do to help bring more awareness and try and try and get it reinstated i mean the big 10 is back the football is back so i mean we what got did I tell you? Money, What did right?
2: i mean first of all if it was about money and you had something new with the big 10 getting that you know televised money that commercial money and all that stuff they could have waited they could have said okay most likely we're gonna to have to cut programs, track and field, gymnastics being one of them. But it would all depend on if the football season uh, kicks back in or not. Right? So they would they would let you know that. But by knowing that it has nothing to do with the football season or not, tells you where they stand in their decision. It tells you that like this is something that they don't really care. It's something that they don't it has they don't care about whether. They get all the money from the football and they come back to, you know, they, they, they recover for that money. They're claiming they're in the hole for the year. Um, they, they don't care that if, they, if we can come up with the money, they're not, they not giving us a chance, the community of track and field. They're not saying like, okay, this is what it's going to cost us. We can make up these numbers. If you guys can come up with these numbers, we won't have to kick off the program. That is not being discussed. What I'm saying is like they're not leaving anything on the table for for the community to, to defend. So. With the football being back, I'm just gonna say I don't think that has anything to do with track and field. I think you can use it in your argument, but I think mm. you can use it in the sense that you can point it out that they, you know, they wanted to terminate this regardless whether football season was gonna happen or not. That's I think that's my personal opinion.
3: I think what we need to focus on is like, okay, track and field is not is not a revenue sport, right? And we have to like people are out marching for it, right? So how could we, what university has done for track and field, like to be a revenue to like a sport that loved was a lot by a lot of people, like the university hasn't done any, not anything, but like nothing almost as a person, like what have I done for people to like track and field, like the way they like football or basketball, what did you like Think Every USATF, like the, like America in general, what have we done for this sport to be? like one of the top sport i think we all have to ask ourselves if you like the strategy to come up with to help track and field to be like one of the i
0: mean you never know one of the top sport so and i think that's a really important question and to bring back to what asan was saying as well like this has nothing to do with football but then i Also, just to bring up the point of football like Aaron did, like I feel like it brings all the way back to just like high school when you're running cross country and track and field. And there's a lot of cross country runners, track and field runners be all like cross the football team gets this and that and we get no attention. And then it just travels you up to college. Then it travels you to professional athlete. So I want to first start off with Ben, just like what can we do to just to, to have administrations take more track more seriously like what needs to be done to make that happen to where there does there doesn't need to be a worry that more sports more athletics are going to get cut because like William and Mary as well that we just seen their program is getting cut and it's like what what's really happening why are specifically these track and field programs and cross-country programs that are only getting cut well there's other sports but they're always included in there
4: you know I, I want to say one real quick thing uh, kind of going back to the administration. I, you look at Minnesota as a whole, right? The program's been around for a hundred years, whatever that means. <laughs> and that means hundred years, and, yeah. <laughs> There was a lot of a lot of things accomplished, but for the administration, it's just a job. You know, you you do this job, and most of them are looking for another 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 you know better avenue. You know, it's like okay, I'll get get my foot into D1 in Minnesota and then maybe, like you say, go to UCLA, a bigger school, a better opportunity. And for that administration to make such a cavalier decision about a program that's been around for a long time, but not even about the history, about those athletes that have gone through COVID and then gone through not having a track for two years because they came under the impression that, hey, we're building you a track And then you'll be able to represent your school on it and to give two years of your life to that and administration to be like, yeah, you know what? We don't care. Mm -hmm. I think that's the sad part. And I hope when they go home, they realize, you know, I get paid pretty good money to do this job. And at the end of the day, these 30 kids on the men's track team, I don't give a shit about them. And I hope they think about that, you know, because they're only there in passing these kids have come and gone for 100 years, and they're on, Very true. like Hassan was saying. There's guys on these calls that were that were part of, part of the 70s team, and they're, and they're still here. They're still part of it. There's no way those administration guys are going to be getting together on a Zoom call to talk about how much money they've made. That's just not going to happen. Um, what can we do? I don't know. I think that's a big question. What can we do to make people care about track and field? Ah, uh, I don't know. Uh, a lot of the responsibility, I think, falls on us uh, to remember that when we go out and race, it's it's a performance, it's entertainment, and we have to be our best creative selves and our big, biggest personalities we can. Um, and I think the more we can expose it to more more people and more communities, the better. Because I think track and field is one of the One of the few sports where not only does everybody have a have a role you can have kind of any kind of body you can be you know powerfully strong you can be you know wiry and quick Um, but not only that men and women compete at the same time on the same platform during the same competition that can't be said for any other sport and i think that's a very important conversation to have during this conversation as well, that it's a pretty inclusive club, and I, yeah, yeah, and I know that I'm the white guy here saying it's inclusive, and I know it's not always inclusive, but I think track and field has done things pretty well. Yeah, I'll,
1: I'll yeah. definitely, I'll definitely say that we, I mean, our job, me and Joshua's motto for sure, like with what we're trying to create with two black runners and running Poor report as well, is like other other media outlets um they present everything as more exclusive It's more streaming services that's the business model and we've always wanted to be the, we want to be the opposite we want to be inclu- in- inclusive and i i agree with you that track and field can be I, I mean there's stuff about it that it's segregated but it like you're saying there's women there's men there's short there's tall there's fat there's skinny you know there's everything and there's always you know especially in day 2020 you know we talk a lot about inclusivity and just like showing different types and shades of people and track and field is a sport like hey if y'all want to put money in it like we really we really can we really can do something special with track and field and that's part of the reason why i love track and field so i i like that point me and joshua have these kind of those kind of talks all the time to be honest
2: I'm going to touch on one thing, Um, Aaron, if you don't mind, just to it back on what Ben was saying and about you guys asking the question of what can we do to um, at least slow down this pace of eliminating track and field and other, um, I guess, non-revenue generating sports in collegiate. What I'm going to say is that I think the NCAA as a whole lost his view and value of amateurs, you know, amateur sports, I think. The NCAA has become a corporate money-driven, in the sense that if your sports or your university is not in the top five bowls or NCAA March Madness, and you're not getting that ABC, ABT money, and that then you then then other you can't spend it on the other sports that are not generating that we're supposed to so much on you know the whole idea of trickling down. Um, What they want to do is they want to stop that money halfway. And track and field, it's, and we always known, has been one of the sports that was originally created. It wasn't even, was never making money. So I don't know why people are all of a sudden in shock that like, oh, you're not making money. Oh, we can't, we don't have money to spend on you. But well, what changed in the last 150 years? Yeah. Nothing. What changed is that the institution's um, practice and values of what? NCAA and an institution supposed to represent of, of student athletes and you're student first and athlete and you're participating on behalf of the university, that has got lost somewhere along the last two, three decades. So it's simple as if, if you have the wrong person representing your institution in a high position and, and able to do what the University of Minnesota has experienced, which is less than four or five people decided to cut a program they have no sense of they have no idea what it stands for and a lot of uh, universities are the victim of that so uh i think community can fight for it but at the end of the day it comes down to the um the president the athletic, you know, director the people that they're putting in a high power position to represent and like ben was saying these people come and go but the culture is supposed to be protected and stand and if you have the wrong person in the right in the in the wrong position, then you're in danger. And I think Brown University, of Minnesota, William and Mary have been victim of that. They have the wrong people representing the wrong uh, ideas. So it's unfortunate.
1: It's always weird when it's like, hey, it's a especially in college, it's about the money, but you're not allowed to make no money. Yeah. So it's like, what's NCAA? NCAA.
2: Listen, as NCAA. Yeah. Like I said. They send you very confusing messages, man.
3: Yeah, very. It's, it's never been like Hassan said. It's never been that sport that makes money. But what changes, like everybody, like all uh, every school, trying to be like a corporate, not a, like a corporate, like a thinking it's not about athletes. It's not about what the sport is doing. It's about how much I could get out of this. Like, cause to them. Like Ben said, they leave tomorrow and they just go find another job. But they ended this for a whole generation. And uh what can we do? Like, I don't know. Like I think the university is what needs to be started. A university is the one who could do a research. People get paid to do a research to come up with some idea how can we do this better like even track and field to promote it I don't know to add it, like somehow how can we make this revenue sport too like they are the institution even to help us to figure that out like they're a brain of I don't know education is a brain of everyone I guess they have the they have the the research to do it. So I think it start, it needs to be start from there and to help the high school student pro college and in between.
0: Yeah, you make definitely valid points. Like there it's it's hard to think about what can be done and definitely uh like how Ben said, he like it's it's a hard question. It's a hard question to answer. But I think that's something that Definitely on our, our end, I think we're definitely going to be trying to be to do our part here at the running sport, especially Aaron was saying, like, we're here, we're doing this for the culture and by the culture. That's what we always say before, like, that's our motto. And just being the culture yeah. of being two African-American distance runners, like leading this platform, but also being for running culture, trying to provide, trying to provide that new type of media and that new way that we can be, re- that track could be taken seriously and be on ESPN one day. I don't know, we, we can see what can happen in the future, but you definitely have to dream big before you get there, most definitely. But we're gonna close out real quick with some closeout questions. We just wanna say, we appreciate you guys so much just coming on this podcast and speaking your mind and being as vulnerable as you want to be, because this is a, a serious topic that needs to have, have more heat behind it. And I think, I, I really hope that Minnesota's able to get that reinstatement. I'm gonna put a, a petition down in the description of this podcast where you guys can sign and everything like that and just put some resources down below for you guys can get more informed about this whole entire thing but as we get to some closeout questions i want to really talk about before like do you guys ever reflect cause since you guys are all on oregon track club and you guys were all went to high school in minnesota and you guys all were on the minnesota team like how often do you guys reflect about just like How did we end up here? Like, and and we're all on the same team. We're all Oregon Track Club. How how often do you guys think about that?
3: Um, I'll go first because I gotta go. Um, (laughs) (laughs) For me, honestly, I'll go first because I gotta go. Anyways, uh, for me, like I was saying, I never had that. Like, when you look at something and you see if Hassan did this, I want to do it too. Like, so, like. If there is no uni- like a t- University of uh, Minnesota track and field, then the people who never seen it before, they were just gonna go find something else. Uh so to me, I saw Hassan running at state and then as I go to university. It's someone I could relate to it, so I just kinda of follow of his footstep, then also open the door for me, even to for Hassan's coach, like or um, organ track for the lead coach to know who I am, he knows about Minnesota. Then, we got another girl, Anna Green, who came from uh, Virginia Tech. And then they, we got another three athletes from there. So, it's like, it's, sometimes it's all you know, though. Oh, yeah. Like, mm. yeah, so that's how I end up getting there. So, I kind of reflect on that. It's like, you always have a ro- role model or someone that, you know, that kind of, like, I want to be that person. I want to be like that, too. So, that's how I feel like I end up there. I know Ben, I like, know like, no Hassan, and even in university. Then they went and went to Paul's like, I want to be like that, too, then it happens. So.
0: For Ben, do you ever reflect on just like the times, or just how long you've known Hassan?
4: Yeah. And it's, <laughs> I'll say two things. It's having known Hassan for so long, you'd think that you no. <laughs> him and I could rattle off, you know, hundreds of workouts, you know, all these runs. But the truth is until recently, there wasn't that much overlap. It was, we we're kind of going in two different directions, but both headed in the same direction. And, and there wasn't that much overlap and really the last couple months, we've started to kind of get back into it and kind of figure out, Hey, how do we actually work together? We've been in the same spot for 10 years. How do we work together and make ourselves better? Um, uh, and i think the last month this last cycle of training has been a lot of fun uh, i mean i did beat him in this race which you know really makes me happy <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> but the training aspect has just been been really fun kind of learning learning new skills and kind of figuring out what what kind of what kind of makes each other tick a little bit i think and kind of kind of just going through you know runs together has been great
0: now, Finally, Asan. Uh, how did you? How do you reflect on knowing Ben for so long, and then having Arun come on along with you guys to Oregon Track Club,
2: bro? I deny knowing them at all, man. People be like, "You guys went to Minnesota." I'd be like, "No, <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no, Ben. Uh, Ben and I, like I said, man, we uh, we always wanted to represent together. We, you know, whether we went to Minnesota together, we to we wanted to give it to all those Minnesota cats that went to out of state, um, whether it was the NCAAs and all that. So um, we always you know, like he said, we always had the same goal, but we just got a different way of getting there. Um, so, yeah, there's times in practice we reflect back on how it's almost two decades since we were in high school. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. And since we came out of college, so. Uh, we look back on that, especially when we see the young teammates that we got on OTC and be like, so when you born, they'd be like, 2004, and I'm like, get, and like get, 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 get in the back, you know, so uh, it's always a good memory, and uh, you know, Harun. I remember when he came to the university, you know, shy, you know, chin down, everything, and uh, now to see him and I think Ben touched on see the world in a way that we would have never saw before, you know, I we couldn't we could have never bought enough uh, experience you can't buy that kind of experience I guess uh to be able to travel from countries that I didn't even know they existed <laughs> Haroon has seen that he come along like we did and you know because of the opportunity that was uh that was given to the ones uh came before him and he, he followed that path and uh I, I posted on my uh Instagram today that something along the lines of I owe it you know i owe it to the future um because anybody who ever gets the experience to live in a a life that's worth the joy that means someone else you know paved the way for you so for me i'm like you know when ben and i here when i'm here talking about and protecting about what we value i think it's all about paying it forward so um somebody done it for us you know he talked about our coach steve placentia being the head coach coming from a minnesota guy ran a minnesota you know got coached by roy griak rest in peace he went to the olympics and came back and gave a a chance on a minnesota kiss and he took him to the next level um been a product of steve placentia led to mark Rowland. so um i owe we yeah we owe it to the future and uh, i think that's what we're trying to protect
1: 100 but yeah i just want to say like track and field is a it's a beautiful sport. People oh, yeah. create such like strong relationships. I have I have best friends from my from my high school team uh still. Like I would yeah. say like I'll shout out shout out Nick Wolf. Me and him were one, two on my high school team. Then we go. separated in college, ended up running together on the Aggies. So it's like I I get that. Like people get married through these track teams that they get that that they go through and everything. So
2: yeah most definitely man to
1: see that culture get hopefully that culture doesn't get taken away and there's something we can do to help that at minnesota but last question i was just gonna ask we ask this every podcast who do you guys think we should get on the next podcast any any recommendations y'all have nick simmons
2: yo. Oh <laughs> yeah.
1: it's back yeah that was, that was
2: my,
3: that was my answer, listen y'all
2: so. need me to go over to his house i think i still know where he lives to convince him bribe him whatever uh it, I think him he on is, this. He's, he's got uh, explain no he's got a lot he knows a lot about the sports um i think he would he would he would give a lot of um he would educate a lot of people on a lot of different places yeah. of what's cool and i know
3: you guys talked about him last time too so he needs to uh who himself or hey, something
2: <laughs> i would love to i would love
1: to have him and i do i do i will say this a lot about nick simmons what i always say about nick simmons um besides like you know the podcast but like i i i love like people make fun of him for his videos and stuff but like you know that's just another he's you know, a hustler business another business model for athletes to make money to be honest so i always thought that i always thought that was cool but i'm gonna
4: i'm gonna throw in a different voice um I'd like to see somebody like a Joe Pavey or maybe even a Steph Bruce, uh, Des Linden, um, somebody who's who's been in the sport for a long time, who's has built their craft at making teams and and have has always evolved with the sport because I think that's what. Now, that's what keeps athletes at top is learning how to adapt and evolve. So I think trying to talk to one of those gals who have just kind of dominated for a long time and seen the sport change so much, I think that would be a good perspective.
3: Yeah. yeah that's, that's Yeah. Also like Vin LaNana, man, I'm he crazy. could talk about about administrative, he could talk about he, he's a, he was a coach, he coached, he was an athlete probably, I don't know about that, I don't know about his life <laughs> in that time. but he had i think he would he would know why this decision will happen why it happens you know
0: yeah okay. and a podcast is a good place to find out about his life too you know
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. all great <laughs> recommendations.
0: <laughs> but with that being said thank you guys we really do appreciate it and we appreciate all the listeners bro for listening to another two black tuesday two black runners aaron you got anything else left to say before we before we get out of here bro
1: um like always just appreciate y'all for coming on and, and talking with us and if you listen this far into the podcast you are a true homie so we do appreciate y'all make sure you go fill out that petition it's going to be in the link and yeah let's let's keep it pushing let's make some noise for minnesota y'all keep
2: applying hey, pressure thanks for having us man much appreciate it nice.
1: no problem I no problem.